Welcome to Highway Christian Community Sermon Downloads. For more sermons, please visit our website. We know you will be blessed as you listen. Take care and God bless. Well, uh, a couple of weeks ago, Janet came to me and said, I'm getting excited about this topic of the angelic. You know, for many people, only time they hear about angels is on Christmas morning when they sing Hark the Herald Angel. And we've missed out on the ministry of angels, which has been promised to the heirs of salvation. So I said, okay, well, you know, start studying it, meditate on it, get revelation on it. And she got so much, I had to give her three weeks. You know, the whole ministry of angels can be relegated to the weird, the, the fairy, airy, fairy stuff. Or we can go to the Bible and discover that the angelic had a very significant role right through Scripture. They were created before man. Then God created the apple of his eye. That's you and you and me. And he called his angels to serve us. And there was a high rebellion in heaven over that. And we haven't got time to go into that this morning. But for many, there's been an ignorance. And I like what Rob Rufus says. The proper response to misuse is not non-use, but correct use. We need to find out what is the Bible. So it's taken a couple of weeks to find out what the Bible says on this topic. And we see that in the Old Testament, the, the prophet cries out for his servant and says, Lord, open his eyes that he may see there are more of those who are for us than those who are against us. And we need our eyes opened. We need to see that ladder between heaven and earth where the angelic is as active in heaven as it was in Jacob's dream on earth. So for you and me, we can just relegate this to one of the topics we get to on Christmas. Or we can say, hang on, Lord. I know the angel doesn't take the place of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God. He's in me. No angels in me. But often when I, I pray and I see results, I ascribe it to the Holy Spirit, and he's not jealous, and the angels aren't jealous. But there's more going on in the angelic realm than we are aware of. What are we expecting? Are we saying, I just want to uh, have a distant understanding, or I want to get up close and personal? And of course we know we don't pray to them or worship them. They wouldn't accept that anyway. But many encounters in the Old Testament, they were called Lord, with small letter Lord, because of their majesty. Not When you read capital letter Lord, that's Yahweh, but small letter Lord is, wow. There was an expectation and a relationship that took place with the angelic realm on earth. So... Let's continue to open our hearts and our spirits as Jan comes up. Sorry, I wasn't meant to preach. Was I shouting? Was I loud? Was it okay? Janet will come up and correct me now. Am I on now? Yep, You're I'm online. On. Yeah, I know. He just thought he wanted to preach my sermon. I think he's having detox problems. <laughs> You'll have your pastor back next week. Lord, we thank you for Janet. We thank you for the amazing gift she is to us. You said that you've anointed her and called her, and Lord, as a co-equal in the kingdom to proclaim the good news of the gospel. Mm. We thank you, Lord, that she has revelation on this topic, and now I ask 
for every ear to be opened and every heart to be fertile to receive this word. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I'm not stupid. (laughs) You might think I am. You might think I'm a little delusional. But some of you are sitting here and you're thinking, what is she going on with about? There's others that I can see that are just absorbing it. Some of you are really listening to this word with guarded hearts. And I understand that because I would have been in the same position even a year ago. And it's just basically the relationship and the revelation that I've had from the Lord Jesus Christ about our relationship with angels that has enabled me to preach this word. And I really want you to say to God, God, show me, just show me. I want you to go into the marketplace and test it. Test this word. Test it. And then I want you to come back and tell me what happens. Okay, do you like my little angel that did the little swings while Stephen was stealing my sermon? Okay. (laughs) I'm a fine print person. Stephen knows that. My whole family knows that. If we sign a document, if we've got some kind of insurance policy, if we've got any kind of a policy, I mean, we've got one with Joe, but I'm a fine print person. I go and I read everything, but not the negatives. I look for the benefits of the policies. And you can believe me, I will find every benefit, and I will use every benefit, and I have this call out to these household assists like nobody else in this church. And I know how many I've used in a year and how many more are available to me. That is who I am. I love knowing what my benefits are. So when I read the Bible, I look for my benefits. How is this contract between God and man going to benefit me? And it's okay. I don't think I'm selfish. I just think I like to walk in everything that God has for me. Okay, and I think we all should. Okay, so there are, Stephen spoke about it's not misuse when you get a revelation. It's not abuse, but it's the right use. Um, that whole thing of can I be friends with my angels, Joshua Mills told. Stephen wanted to tell you Joshua Mills words. He's a pastor from... He's actually not a pastor. He's got an apostolic ministry, or not an apostolic, uh, itinerant ministry. He's the guy that he sees angels and gold starts coming on him when he ministers. And he's been told, or not been told, one of the angels that were revealed to him was a golden angel. And that was even prior to the gold starting to come on him. And then when the gold started coming on him when he preached, he knew that that angel was present. I mean, isn't that amazing? But he speaks about as a little boy how he loved to sing. He's, he's, he's a muso, and he sang, but he said angels would always join him in with singing. And then he eventually lost it, and then it was restored to him again. I also want to say we have specific angels that surround us, whether we are aware of them or not. And everywhere in the Bible where an angel is mentioned, the benefit that they gave to that person that the angel is talking to or about is available to you and I. Isn't that something to celebrate? Come on, who's been reading their Bible and seeing angels in it? Harmina has, Joy has, Rose has, Sue said she has. I mean, I just think it's amazing. There's just such an angelic awareness beginning to happen. And even if we're not having apparitions and manifestations and meeting our angels, 
there's definitely becoming a sense of their presence. Am I right? Are you all with me? Who here has a fear of angels? Anybody got a fear? I mean, I've had, I mean, I still have. I mean, they're mighty beings. So, but what I wanted to just reiterate here, which was a beautiful word that Lee brought of going into Christ. I'm in Christ. Christ is in me. We're so intrinsically mixed up that the angelic cannot see the difference. If you do not understand who you are in Jesus Christ, the finished work of the cross, that you are a perfect, perfect being, I would suggest don't even get involved with trying to find angels. I would suggest that you could be led astray, that you won't have power over them, and you'll have a whole lot of wrong angels coming into your life, and you don't want that. You need a revelation of the finished work of the cross. And as Stephen said, as you focus on Jesus, he's going to take you into all truth. You're not going to focus on angels. We are focusing on Jesus Christ. And the Bible never changes. The Bible remains the same. Our revelation of it changes. Just as when we came into grace, we read the Bible with different lenses. And now one of the benefits we're finding is these new born-again creations that understand the finished work of Christ and who we are in Christ Jesus. If you go to any church and they tell you you've got to do something to be a better Christian, please don't go there. Find another church. Really, I mean, it's the finished work of the cross that qualifies you, nothing else. And as Lee said, not even your own little life can go into the presence of God. So, as far as I can see, angels work both alongside, with us, and for us. Just seeing that in the word of God. And one day, the Bible says, we will judge them. What are we going to judge them for if you don't know what they're doing for you? How can I judge my servant's work if I don't know they're working for me? I can't say, wow, you're an amazing, amazing, amazing servant or domestic or gardener. But <laughs> I can't if I don't know them. So what are we, I just want to say, what are we going to judge them for? And that's in Corinthians 6 verse 3. I had changed. Oops. Little jump. Oh, I think this is the old slide. But anyway, let me see here. I think this is the old set. So, the big question is that I have been asked repeatedly is can I command an angel? Can we? command angels. Okay. No, it has been changed a little bit. It's supposed to be the scripture that speaks about okay, let me we are going to judge angels, okay? Alright? We are going to judge them. Let's go backwards. Uh, Okay, we all see here, I think I've read it. I'm not gonna, I don't think I'm going to read it again just because, but I'm just going to mention it again that Paul wanted to worship his angel, his angel or an angel because it was so majestic. Sorry? Sorry, John. 
And the angel stopped him and said, no, 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 please don't worship me. I am but a fellow servant with you and your brothers and sisters and the prophets and with those who cling to the words of this book. Who here clings to the word of God? If you cling to the word of God, you have a fellow servant working alongside you. Whoa. Hey. In Judges, okay, there's two Old Testament um, scriptures that speak about commanding angels, okay? And I just thought we'd do that, but it's more in the New Testament than the Old Testament. Here we see in the book of Judges, chapter 6, I thought it was quite an amazing scripture. It's quite lengthy, so put in your lenses, put in your listening ears, and let's go. Now, the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which was in Oprah. Not the show, okay? In opera, whatever, okay. Which belonged to Joash, the Abizrite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the wine press in order to hide it from the Midianites. So here you've got a people that are being oppressed, downtrodden, not seeing the rainbows, don't have water. We were speaking about all those people that are feeling like they're in a little bit of a dark place, okay? So Gideon was feeling like he was in a dark place. The Midianites, which is your enemy, the devil, who whatever you want to say, was against them, so they had to hide what they were doing because whatever they were doing, the demonic powers were taking it away from them. And when we're under attack in our access and in what, we, what, our, what is available to us, we must know that it's demonic. So he's got his son quickly taking the wheat, threshing it down, and hiding it away. Then the angel of the Lord comes to get in. He's in a bad place. He really, really is in a bad place. Everything around him is unhappy, unlucky, sad, bad. And he says to him, the angel says to him, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. So Gideon says to him, oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, Graham asked this question, why then, hey, Graham the week, why then has all this happened to us? We all ask the same question. Why is this happening to me? Because the Midianites, the enemy, is against you. And you don't know yet who is for you. So he says, and where are all the miracles? We've all heard that and we've all voiced that. Which my father's told us about. Where are they? Did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? Did the Lord not save you and me? But now he's forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of our enemy. And we're always saying, why is it that the unrighteous, the, the unsaved are prospering and we seem to be battling? Okay, so this was Gideon's words. Why? So then the, the Lord, it's actually the angel, turned to him and said, go in this might of yours and you shall save Israel. You can save yourself from the hands of the enemies. Have I not sent you? What does God want you to do? He wants you to go in what he has put inside of you in that ability to save yourself, save your family, save your community, save, deliver. Okay. So he said to him, Oh, my Lord, to the angel, how can I save Israel? Indeed, I'm so weak. I've got no money. It is the weakest in Manasseh. 
And I am the least in my father's house. Who here feels like they're the least in this house? And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you, not he, you, shall defeat the Midianites as one person, as one man. And here you see Gideon says to the angel, that's his, says, don't go. If I found favor in your sight, then show me a sign that it is you who talk with me. Do not depart from here. You can tell your angel, do not depart from me. I pray until you come to you and bring out my offering and set it before you. And then the angel said, I'll wait for you until you come back. Nice, eh? So Gideon went in and he prepared a young goat, beautiful analogy of communion, unleavened bread, ephah, flour, the meat. He put it in a basket. He put broth in a pot. And he brought them out to him under the terebinth tree and presented them. The angel of God said to him, Take the meat and the unleavened bread and lay them on the rock. Take what you have and put it on the rock. And pour out the broth. Pour, he put just a picture of pouring out our lives. Jesus pouring out his blood. And he did so. Then the angel of the Lord put out the end of the staff. An angel carrying a staff. Okay, anyway. That was in his hand. He touched the meat and the unleavened bread. And a fire rose out of the rock. Such a beautiful picture of the New Testament. And consumed the meat and the unleavened bread, and the angel of the Lord then departed out of his sight. Now Gideon perceived that he was an angel. But we see how he knew it was the Lord, he knew it was an angel, he wasn't 100% sure, but he still commanded the angel to stay with him. Don't go, don't go, I need you. Okay, Psalm 103, verse 29. So that's the rock, and beautiful picture of it. Goodbye, rock. Psalm 103, verse 20. We see David commands the angels. Bless the Lord, you his angels, mighty in. Okay. They perform his word. The promises of God will be taken out and performed by them. And they obey the voice of his word. Where is his word written now? In our hearts. Okay, just take that in. So, I just want to go back to the beginning a little bit here. What Stephen mentioned is we see that angels existed prior to the creation of the world. Okay, there's that scripture finally. If you want to see it. For surely you know that we will one day judge angels. No, this is the old one, Steve. Anyway, I rechanged, I changed everything around this morning and sent Steve the new one. And yeah, yeah, no, no, I did save it. Okay, don't worry. So we see that angels existed prior to the creation of the world. 1 Colossians 1 verse 16. For through the sun, everything was created both in the heavenly realm and on the earth. Mosquitoes, flies, cockroaches. 
all that is seen, I think we see those more than we see angels, and all those that are unseen. You see, there's a whole lot of unseen things that God created. Every seed of power, realm of government, principality, and authority, it was all created through him and for his purposes. Okay. You see, angels are mighty in strength. They have superpowers. God created them to be with him, minister to him, look after him, uh, do different things in the creation of the world. I mean, they were there. They, they were there with God when God said, hmm, I think that's a good planet to put my creation onto, my, the pinnacle of my creation. And I mean, like if you just think of the scripture, like I spoke last week of Hagar, and how all of a sudden, one minute she's crying and her and her son are dying, and the next minute she looks up and there's a well. It wasn't that she was blind. I believe an angel quickly built a well because she needed water. Um, we've got that time where Jesus gets into the boat with his disciples, and the Bible says that immediately the boat was on the other side. Was it angels that carried the boat across? Was it what, what teleportation, transportation? It is a transport, but anyway. So they stood alongside the Trinity as the earth was being created. And you see that in Job 38.1. Let me see. Oh, I got it. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you understand who marked off its dimensions. Surely you know. Who stretched out the measuring line? Across it, or what were its footing set? On what? Or who laid its cornerstone? While the morning angels sang together and all the angels shouted for joy. You can see them going into the earth, laying cornerstones, helping God, and go, yes, this looks good. Okay. We see that angels are eternal beings. So that, that's why they're very, very clever is because generations before you, they've been around. I don't think human behavior has changed much. They say we're more educated, but I don't think we are any better or any less likely to be deceived. So they're very aware because the Bible says, but those who are worthy of the resurrection, da 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 da, from the dead into glory become immortal like the angels. So if we're worthy of being resurrected on the day that we pass on, we become immortal like the angels. So we see that they have lived forever. They witnessed the creation. They watched as God took some dust and breathed life into it. said, hmm, a man in my image. They watched as he breathed his very own spirit into the human being and said, what on earth is he doing? And God was so proud of his creation that he made another one, the beautiful woman, who is, are the real angels. <laughs> but while this was all happening, you see an angel standing on the sideline, who's always been probably a little bit of the apple of the eye of God. And it's a little bit like, have you ever seen children when they, the oldest sibling and the second one is born? How they get a little bit iffy. Like, oh, I thought you wanted a big girl or a big boy, but you actually wanted a baby, and then they start behaving like babies again. Am I right? So Lucifer's saying, oh, I thought we were the pinnacle of your creation. I thought you loved me the most, but now you're pouring all your love into this next being that you have created. And his nose was out of joint. We all know this story. Okay. 
we nosed it. Okay. And basically, man was deceived by the devil. And, what, and once he deceived this beautiful creation of God, God kicked him out of the heavenly places. So he hates us. It's so amazing, like, you know, like when you read the stories and you just see what happens in real life today, how it's always a repeat of the Garden of Eden, the lie that the devil sows into each of our lives. He promises us more than what we're going to give, but he can't give it to us. It just reminds me of the story of my mom just recently, and I think she'll be very embarrassed if I tell you this because she won't even talk about it. She goes into the pick and pay, and the next thing, these two young People, I'm saying young, they're in their 30s, man, woman, white, come up alongside her and say, ha, we're from ETV, you have been selected for this amazing prize of 35,000 rand. And she says, what? And they say, but all you need to do is give us 20,000 rand. So my mom went to the bank and drew 20,000 rand with them. They even took her. There's footage on the little video cameras and everything of who they are and what they look like. But that's the demonic. He will tell you, if you do this, I will give you that. And what's that little saying? If it's too good to be true, it probably isn't. So he says to Adam and Eve, if you do this, you will become like God. But he was actually going to take more away from them than what they could give. So that's his, the way he works, and that's the way he keeps doing it. It's a little bit like I was chatting to Steve in the week um, in, that, in the Psalms where it says that he will guard you in all of his ways. I mean, the angels, he sends his angels concerning you so that they will guard you in all of your ways. When Jesus was in the desert fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, um, and Satan came to tempt him to shortcut what he had to do, he says, didn't God say he will send his angels concerning you? So that if you stub your foot, da, 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 if you jump off the building, you'll be able to fly. But what he left out was that the angels will guard you in all of your ways. Because Lucifer, the fallen, the fallen angel, knows that there are angels to guard you and I in all of our ways. Not some of our ways, in all of our ways, and he doesn't want us to know that. So he deliberately left that out. And we see in Jesus Christ, when we receive him, when we go into his side, as, as Lee says, and we become a part of him, and he comes into me, and we become intrinsically one. All that authority that God gave man over the angels that got Lucifer so crazy was restored to us. So the minute you receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, and you become one with him, you have authority over his creation. Created beings that you can see and created beings that you cannot see. I've tried it with mosquitoes, and, and um, I know when I was in the UK, I was being bitten by horse flies. I say, in Jesus' name, get away from me, but they still bit me. So I'm going to keep trying. Okay. Our abilities are restored, yet limited by this human body because we allow it. And as our revelation comes, as we get revelation, we move from glory to glory, the Bible says. One step further, one step closer. Keep trying. Don't give up when you're not seeing results. Keep trying. 
101 of Commanding Angels is, oh God, <laughs> please send an angel ahead of me so I can find a parking place, especially if you're going into the CBD. Hey. So now I say, angels, in Jesus' name, look for a parking place for me. 101, just try it out. Try it out. Some of you think it's stupid. But the Bible says, in all your ways, not some of your ways. Okay, so basically we are immediately saved. We are immediately born again. We immediately have eternal life. We can immediately never be separated from this amazing God. But what we have in Christ in the contract, I'm immediately covered, Joe says it, if I die. Immediately, hey? Within an hour of signing that contract, I'm covered. But if I don't go read it, or Stephen doesn't go read it when I die, there's no benefits for him. Okay, so immediately we have all these benefits. But what are the hidden things, the hidden things of God that the Bible speaks about that will be revealed to us when we seek him and search him out? There are many hidden promises. Okay, so we see the born-again creation is a pinnacle of what God created, the born-again human being. But actually, the human was the pinnacle of his creation. And then the born-again creation is the pinnacle of God's creation. That's you and I. The Bible says the angels stand in awe of us. They stand in awe. It's that whole thing of the carnos, creation of God, a brand new, never seen before creation now, if anyone is enfolded in Christ, he has become an entirely new creation. Let me go back so you don't try and read it. Otherwise, you're going to think I've got gibberish. Just that scripture, it's just so beautiful. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 17. Now, if anyone is enfolded, isn't beautiful, in Christ, he has become an entirely new creation. All that related to the old has vanished. Everything is fresh and new, reconciled to himself, then given us the same ministry that he had. We have been given the same ministry as Jesus Christ. Okay, Hebrews 2 verse 7. Why is my scripture not shall read it from there? You made him lower, that's speaking about Jesus, than the angels for a little while. So we see God takes on human form. Lower in ability to the angels. Okay? And then you placed your glory and honor upon his head as a crown, and you have given him dominion over the works of your hands. So here we see that Jesus says, How can I get man and woman back into the covenant that I made with them in the Garden of Eden, with Abraham? How can I get them back? He says, I will send my son. He can die in their place. He can restore their authority. That whole thing of you'll pay the, the worth of something. Hey, I mean, for this little book, if I offered you this for 100,000 today, 100,000, 100,000, you can read all my notes. Okay, nobody wants to take. But if I say, okay, I think it's probably worth about 100 rand, 80 rand, maybe you'll, you'll pay that. So it depends on the value that you place on an object of what you're going to be prepared to pay for it. And God places such incredible value on you, unsaved and saved. He, he wants to buy you back into the kingdom of heaven. You are so valuable. And, and it's just basically what Christ did, gave it to us, gives us dominion over the works of God's hands. I mean, hello. 
Okay. I'm going to read a bit more. Let the word work for me. Just get this word into you because it's so powerful, okay? If you're feeling tired and you want to yawn, just jump up and down three times. Let the oxygen flood your brain because I so want you guys to get this. I, I, there's no reason you can't get this, okay? If my voice is putting you to sleep, shake your head vigorously, side to side. Just get that oxygen flooding your brains, okay? Because we are going to do some reading. You're ready for it, Helena? Helene? I see you've got your glasses on. Ready? Are we all ready? Safety belts on. Let's read all about us. Revelations 1 verse 6. And to the one who has made us, say us, me, to rule as a kingly priesthood, to serve his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion throughout the eternity of eternities. Amen. We have both the nature of kings and priests embedded inside of us because of Christ inside of us. I mean, isn't that beautiful? Christ is the one who has made us into this holy order and union. It is already done. Hello? Why are we not walking in our kingly and our priestly authority? Okay, Revelation 5 verse 10. I hope you're getting Revelation. You have chosen Stephen and Janet. All of you have been chosen to serve our God and formed us into a kingdom of priests who? On earth. Can I command an angel if I'm allowed to reign on earth? All things seen and unseen, we've been given authority over them. Okay. It's our responsibility to take God's word, speak it into being, speak it over our children, speak it over our lives, and command the angelic, who's the same way as Gideon, mighty man of valor. Okay, if you say I'm a mighty man of valor, come with me, show me, and he will be with you. Okay. So we speak. We have been given a ministry of reconciliation just as the angels and as the angels obey and begin to act in accordance to what has been spoken. The new covenant, angels see us as they see Jesus. Beautiful scripture, 1 Peter 3 verse 22. Who is now in heaven at the place of supreme authority next to God? Where are we seated? In the place of extreme authority next to God. The very powers of heaven, including every angel and authority, now yield in submission to him. Where is Jesus? He's in the heavens, but where else is he? He's inside of us. We have this beautiful embedded union with Jesus Christ, and the angels yield to that authority because we have submitted to Jesus. Without our submission to Jesus... Don't double in the angels because you're more than likely going to get involved in the occult. And I warn you that there's two warnings in the Bible that we focus on and we forget about the 300 others which are beneficial to us. Okay. So, Colossians 1 verse 27. Living within you 
is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. This mystery of Christ embedded within us that the demonic realm, the angelic realm cannot see the difference between you and I and Christ. I mean, isn't that like, wow. It's become a heavenly treasure. We have now heavenly treasures because of it. A chest of hope filled with the riches of glory coming out of us. What riches do I need to draw in today? Father, I need finances. You know that. Okay, God, you say in your word that it is your good pleasure that I prosper in everything that I do. So I commission angels to go into the marketplace to open those doors so that I can sign the contract that will be beneficial to me and to the kingdom of God and my family. God wants you to prosper. So living within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. This mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope filled with the riches of glory for his people. And God wants you to know it. Do you know it? Am I preaching to the converted? (laughs) I know I am, but it's an amazing rewinder. Okay, Galatians 2.20, my old identity has been co-crucified with Jesus. We were placed on that rock. Our lives were poured out, and I no longer live. That is why you can command angels. If you are still alive, and you don't know who you are in Jesus Christ, you cannot command angels. For the nails of his cross crucified me with him, And now the essence of this new life is no longer mine. And Graham, if I'm screeching, just put your hand up. Okay, Graham, if you can't hear me and I'm screeching, I know I get, Graham says when I get excited, and I mean I'm aware of it, my kids tell me, my husband told me, I screech, okay? (laughs) So they want Brandon to put the sound down when I begin to screech, but then he he will forget to put it up when I begin to talk something, which I never do. And now the S is, yeah, they don't want you to be monotone, but they don't want you to screech, but they don't want you to be this. (laughs) And now the essence of this new life is no longer mine, for the anointed one lives his life now through me. We live in union as one. Can I command an angel? I think so. My new life is empowered by my faith in the Son of God. If you haven't given your life to Jesus Christ, don't start commanding angels. But God will be gracious to you if you do, and he might let you command a few just to lure you into the kingdom of God. So, okay. And he dispenses his life into me. I was just thinking of filter coffee. Hey, when you dispense it and how that coffee begins to brew and get stronger and stronger and stronger. And that's what God is doing. He's dispensing life into us. This morning we spoke about water. And I was just thinking, you know, we sang that song about gold and silver and riches. If you're dying of thirst, the most valuable thing to you is water. In fact, they said with the coronavirus, if you take a sip of water every 15 minutes, you wash the virus into your stomach and the stomach acids will kill it. But I'm just saying it's like, it's the most valuable thing to us depending on what our position is and I really believe that this is a value that we are going to get a precious stone just to see these angels commission them even if you don't see them just stop commanding them everything's faith anyway 
so he dispenses his life into yours. The, the coffee is going to get stronger and stronger and stronger. And we see that with Jesus as well. He gathered the 12 disciples and he says, all authority I'm giving to you. And then you say, oh God, won't you do it for me? It's like when your parents empower you, hey, with your own, with their own home and your own car. If they say, won't you just drive me around? <laughs> Hello, I helped you get your license and I gave you a car. But now you still want me to do everything. It's, it's irritating, eh? It's like you want to see independent people coming out of your family. And you say to God, okay, you've given it to me, but I don't want to drive it. Okay. Just in closing, should I do five closes like Rob? Am I allowed to? Okay. <laughs> because I really want to finish it this week. Um, we command angels, but almost like as co-commanders. Does that make sense? Because we're not going to take it outside the, the biblical lines of what God has given us because we don't want to be stupid. But I believe even when you are stupid, God still takes care of you because he says he will commission and send his angels to guard you in all of your ways. And so we just need to heed God's word. And we've got to know that the angels were there when the covenant was made with man in the Garden of Eden, when the covenant was made with Abraham, when the covenant was made with Moses, when the covenant was made with Jesus Christ and with us. They've been witness to all of this, and they are so readily wanting to make sure that that covenant happens. Okay, and it's a covenant, the Bible says, that is sealed with the, with the, of the Holy Spirit can't be broken. That seal, nobody can touch. Or King Jesus will. <laughs> so we see that we are co-laborers. Jesus said he could call on an army. I can call on an army. You can call on an army. Okay, we can call on armies. And, we, and our word is as good as when God speaks. Can you believe that? We must need to be confident in both our position and our authority in Christ Jesus. If you've lost a little bit of the revelation of the finished work of the cross and what that exchange, that great exchange of his life flooding into your being, just get it again. Get it again because it's your life source for ongoing glory, for ongoing revelation. And I just wanted to say here, Jesus is the commander of the army, but we are right up front with him because we are in him and he is in us. And I just want to say as well that we, there was that little sermon that went around that um, a bride in army boots. We are not brides in army boots. We have rank. Okay. We are in royal apparel. In the, the heaven realms, you know, that whole thing. Do you remember that Rick Joyner thing that went around and he had all the Christians walking, all crushed under, and the devil was vomiting on them? It was very spiritual and very like he cried and, oh, my gosh, and, oh, God. We are not to be like that. That is not what we're called to do is to have the devil vomiting on us and throwing everything he has at us to throw the Midianites against you. God says one of us will deliver from the Midianites. One. You can deliver yourself, your family, your friends, your loved ones. Okay. You are, your rank is that of leader. 
and your authority and your rank causes the angels to respond. Stephen always moaned at me about, okay, you can come up if you like, that, you know, because I say stupid things, I say stupid things, I know I say stupid things, and I've hurt people by saying stupid things because uh, my mouth processes it before my brain, okay? And Stephen always says, no, Janet, you must be careful what you say because you're shouting, your whispers are shout, and, you know, you're a pastor's wife and you can't just say these things. Hello? Who wants to be married to him? Anybody? It's not true. <laughs> in the spirit realm is a roar. Yes, come on. It's a roar. It's like the policeman. He doesn't run up to the car when he stops you and says, why are you spinning, you stupid, idiotic person? Don't you know you're breaking the law? He just says, oh, you were speeding. Here's your fine. We all know that illustration. Okay? His authority. We have that authority in the kingdom realm, and we say to the devil, you're speeding. You're going to pay. So, can I have a relationship with angels? Can I command angels? Are you ready to walk in your kingdom authority? And we have angels to assist us in that. Let's just, um, I just want to say this over you. Let me see if my little angel flies again. No, it's doing other things. Okay. I was trying to be very creative, so you can't really see that nicely. Hey. Okay, no, my angel's blocking it. I'm going to pray this over you. If you could just lift your hand. You pray this prayer. I just want to say something. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing the word. I think we've been sitting under this word and faith is growing. But another scripture says these signs will follow the message. Oh, yeah. So I really believe that there, let's stand up together. And, and it's one thing to have faith built up. So it's not just about doctrine and, you know, God's going to, only do it if we believe it the exact right oh, way. Yeah. No, no, he's bigger than that. He's looking yeah. for faith. And if faith has been stirred in you, then know that there are going to be signs following this word. Yeah. And you're going to see angelic activity in your life. When this declaration is made over you, angels are going into your family, into your neighborhood. They were anyway without you knowing. But there's a partnership that takes place when you can see with your spiritual eyes the activity of the angelic in your workplace, in your families, those who don't know Jesus. Right now, lift your expectation, lift your confidence, and let this declaration work into your heart. Just before I do this declaration over you, I just want to remind you that my journey, and you can carry on playing, into the angelic started when I commanded an angel at Heathrow Airport to just make the way clear for me and make it amazing because I love good seats in the airplane and every time you try and haggle with the air hostess, they want you to pay in and all the rest. And I said, Lord, you just said in your word that we have angels and that's where my thing. And so I said, okay, angels. I stood in the line with all my luggage. I said, angels, in, I command you in Jesus' name to make a way for me, to bless me on this flight. And I was shocked. I mean, every, there were so many more stories than just the one. The one was I went through where they do your beep, 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 beep things. And the lady was very, like, iffy and horrible to a little Chinese lady. And I waited there for half an hour while this Chinese lady was having her bag searched at nauseam. And I thought, oh, God, my bag's three times her size. How long am I going to be standing here now while she's going through all my goods? And just as I was thought that, a guy came and whispered in her ear. And I thought, I want to just get through. And she said, I've got to go. And he took over and he took my bag and went, okay. And I was like, 
and then got to the front of the line at um, checking when you get in the airplane. You've been upgraded to business class. I really felt like I had insignia put on my shoulders. All of a sudden, you are a person of authority. You're not just a little pleb in the business class <laughs> with your legs crossed. It was that was how my, my journey started. And that whole journey, I just had angels just ministering to me and loving on me and spoiling me. It was the most amazing thing. And that's where my journey started. And I pray that you're going to test the scripture, that you're going to send those angels, you're going to release them into your life, that you're going to see the kingdom of heaven, what Jacob did when he was at the ladder, where he fought with God for his inheritance, that you will see your inheritance in this life. Beautiful. Okay, let's, I'm going to just pray this over you. Just receive it. Just receive the word of God. In the name of Jesus, I bless you with a host of active angels whom God made to guard and rescue you because you reverence him. He will send those ministering angels to encamp about you in all your ways. He will send those angelic spirits to protect your children, your loved ones from danger and defend you and them from all your enemies. Your angels in heaven have constant access to the presence of God. And God has ordered them in the Old Testament, we order them in the New Testament, to watch over us, to steady us, to make our path straight, to keep us from stumbling. Do not be afraid. Unseen warriors walk alongside you. They are not little pitiful beings. They are warriors, mighty in power. People that have had the privilege of seeing angels will often say they're over 12 feet tall. They are mighty in strength. And you have the privilege of these mighty angels to watch over you and your family and your loved ones. And I just release the hosts of heaven to become a reality to you. I release the revelation of angelic supernatural powers to become a revelation to you. I release the fact that they access heavenly realms that they have access into heaven, that they can bring the riches of heaven into your lives. I release that. I release the angels that go before you, Donna, to open the doors of the work and the placements that he has for you. I ask in Jesus' name that people would let go of the little bit that they're hanging on to and take a hold of the all that they have in Christ Jesus. Amen and amen. Amen, amen, amen.